Hey everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend on Spotify or wherever you guys are listening to the podcast. I am the host, Josh Sanchez, and the purpose of Your Spiritual Best Friend is to connect spirituality, mental health, and astrology all in one because it's important for everyone to realize that we are all on our own spiritual journey at the end of the day. So the more we open up, the more we are able to connect with each other and grow as a collective society. So sit back and relax and enjoy your spiritual best friend. Hey everybody and welcome back to the podcast. With today's episode, I got a chance to interview special guest Brendan Kuar Misari. And me and Brendan, we really get into a lot of topics, especially about communication and how can we effectively communicate to our friends, peers, loved ones, and even become effective public speakers. Brendan is a very elite communicator, and he describes his journey from when he was younger. He actually really struggled with communication, and it was up to him to really find those day-to-day daily habits to really help him improve his communication. Now, Brendan has created his own YouTube channel titled Master Talk, where he teaches and educates people about how to effectively communicate and to really get your point across. You can check out all of Brendan's work by clicking in the links in, the, in my show description. And please, guys, please like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And also check out Brendan's YouTube channel, Master Talk. Hit that subscribe button for Brendan because he really does have a passion for helping others. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Brendan. Hey everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special guest, Brendan. Brendan, how are you doing today, and what's going on? What's up, Josh? It's good to be on, man. I hope you're doing well, too. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been good, and I'm doing good as well. A lot of vacations lately, but I'm good now. But Brendan, I just want to say first, I appreciate you reaching out and wanting to come on the podcast. Um, I really think where we can get our conversation rolling, um, I know your YouTube channel Master Talk has been a real big hit and sensation for you. Uh, where did that really start from for you, and where did you really find that passion for Master Talk? Yeah, for sure, man. So for me, it all started in college or university. I went to business school, and I did these things called case competitions, Josh. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So a lot of the guys might just playing basketball and rugby and baseball. I wasn't one of those guys. I did presentations competitively that's how i learned how to speak but then as i got older i started coaching a lot of the students in the college and the universities to do better at these competitions and that's why i learned the art of how to coach other people so then a few years later i had the idea for master talk the youtube channel specifically because i realized that everything i was coaching people on wasn't really available for free online on the internet so i just started making videos and it turned to something i never could have imagined Wow, Brendan. And I will say it's crazy how like a a small idea, you know, like coaching others can really just inspire you to do so much more. It's just crazy how fast and how how weird the universe works sometimes. My first question, just continuing off of that, because I know your YouTube channel really focuses a lot on like communication. Have you ever had blocks where like or challenges in your own communication when you are younger? 
Oh, absolutely. A ton of them. I mean, let's let's launder your list all of them. So let's start the first one. So I was born and raised in, in a city called Montreal, Josh. And for those who don't know, Montreal is a city where you need to know how to speak French. And I didn't really know the language. So my whole life, not only did I struggle with communication, I was presenting in a language I didn't even know. So when I was in my first or second grade classrooms, I would look at the crowd and go, uh, bonjour. And that was my life growing up as a kid. So I wasn't that great at it. That's the first piece. The second piece was really in regards to how we communicate ideas. So after I struggled so much, the other piece was really the physical disability. So I had a surgery when I was younger, and I still have that crooked left arm today. And that was something I really struggled with. So when I was a kid, I had a cast on, and I was trying to make friends, and nobody knew how to speak my language. And I had this big, weird cast, not like a regular cast, like a weird cast that was all over my body. And that was the second piece. And the third piece is you would think that a communication expert studied in comms. I have a bachelor's degree in accounting, so there you go. Yeah, it's it's definitely very just like interesting to see. Like, so like you got your accounting degree. Like, tell me a little bit of that process a little bit. Like, what led you to get your your own like accounting degree? Yeah, man. So so when you're 12 years old, you know, depending on what school system you're in, you you have this thing called a yearbook. Usually people do it at the end of high school. I had one at the end of elementary school. And obviously, as you know, one of the questions in the yearbook is, what do you want to be when you grow up? So some people go, I want to be a doctor. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a movie actor. That's what normal 12-year-old kids answer. <laughs> you know what I answered? I answered accountant. <laughs> and the reason I answered accountant, because I was very pragmatic, even as a kid, when the career counselor said, you got to figure out what you want to do in life. I took that really seriously because my parents were factory workers. so I really wanted to be successful. So I went online, I looked at all the careers, and it was really easy to choose accounting. I'll tell you why, Josh, because I was terrible at everything else in school except for math, and I picked a math-related career. And I never changed my mind until I realized what, you know, what, what other career opportunities were available to me in my 20s. Power to you, you know, for, you know, because you really took that question seriously. And and that just shows you again, like maybe because for a, a lot of kids, you know, it's just like, ah, oh, like I want to be an astronaut and stuff like you said. But for you to be an accountant, you really took that question seriously. For you, towards the end of your last answer, you mentioned how like you started to realize the career opportunities in your 20s. Accounting's not really it, but uh, master talk is and, and doing like coaching and stuff like that, too. That's more your avenue. Where was that real realization moment for you? Yeah, absolutely, Josh. Happy to go through that. So I so I get to business school at, at 19 years old. I got this big suit on for that I wore at prom because my parents couldn't afford anything better. And I knew nobody in the business world. So I thought to get this amazing job that I wanted in accounting, I had to study really hard and get good grades. And that shattered when I started going to networking cocktails, which is common in business school. You basically go meet and schmooze people. You charm people. So, so I went to this event in my bulky suit, my crooked left arm, and I barely knew how to speak English at this point, I guess. And I'm going, I'm going to these events, super nervous, sweating. And I'm asking these students who are three years older than me who had internships and job offers at these companies like Deloitte and PricewaterhouseCoopers and Ernest & Young. These are like the big accounting firms. So I'm asking them, how did you get a job? And they all said the answer I wasn't expecting. Only one of them said grades, but literally everyone else said case competitions. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, what the hell is that? 
And then they go on to explain that it's kind of like a draft for a sports team, like the NBA or something, but for business school. So a lot of these executives at these big companies at IBM and stuff, they come and they watch how students present. They go, I want to give Josh a job. I want to give Brendan a job. I want to give Julie a job. So I say, okay, at this point, Josh, in my life, I still want to be an accountant. I have no aspirations to be a business owner. So I do these case competitions to get a job. So it's not a super fascinating story about how I found my purpose, but I accidentally stumbled on it because I got really obsessed with these case competitions. Think of me like the Michael Jordan that nobody gives a shit about. That was me. (laughs) I just started doing these case competitions, and then I get my dream job in accounting. My whole life changed. I land a job at PricewaterhouseCoopers, massive company at like 20 years old, and I knew I was going to be successful. But then after that, I had the idea of being a technology consultant because a lot of these people who do case competitions, their day-to-day life is consulting. So then I practiced again. And I became a consultant. And then I was 22. I got my dream job. Let me speed up the story a little bit. I got the dream job. And I realized at 22 that I was the youngest communication coach on earth by accident. So MassTalk became an accident. Wow, that that's really crazy. And when it comes to like these competitions, like, so like, is it for like any business? Like, I'm really just curious to know, because this is my first time hearing about this as well. Because like, can anybody just like, can go for it or? Like, do you have to have, like, a certain qualification or? By the way, it's very normal that you don't know what these is. That's why I use the professional sports for nerds analogy or else it just doesn't make sense <laughs> for people. So let me let me go more in detail here, Josh. Obviously, we both know Nike, right, the company. So let's say Nike comes up to us and says, you know, Josh, Brendan, I got this new shoe. And I'm debating whether or not I should promote it in my Portug- Portuguese stores, like in Portugal. Or I should do it in Italy. Which store should I pick and why? That's an example of a business case. So teams, let's say me and you are on the same team, we get given a 20-page document that outlines all of Nike's history, all of their financials, and the problem. So we have three hours to read all 20 pages, find a solution to the problem, so tell them whether they should go to Portugal or Italy, come up with financial statements, make slides, do an analysis, and at the end of the three hours, present it right away to the executives wow so right and the reason we did them to your point is like why would anyone do this for fun that's exactly the point because so few people found it interesting we got all the job offers out of business school and that's what a case competition is you actually need to be in a business school doing your bachelor's degree to do these competitions and that's what happened wow that's that's really fascinating as well and and just to prove your point like so many people are unaware of this as well and and like you said like it's very intense you have three hours to to figure out like the nike's history for 20 this is an example of like that's definitely a lot a lot to handle so i can definitely see why a select few people are going to want to do that because as a collective humans can be a little bit lazy just to say so like just to be honest, you know, so it's like to actually like do all that work and stuff. I can definitely see how you were given those opportunities because you put in the work, which is great to see. My next question, just building off of it, because I know communication is such a huge part, whether that's in relationships, work relationships, romantic relationships, relationships with friends. What do you think are some important aspects of communication that everyone should try and implement in their everyday life? Yeah, absolutely, Josh. So so let me start the conversation here. Here's the biggest problem with communication, brother. The biggest problem is a lot of us think of it like a chore. 
So whenever we think of communication, it's like, oh my god, I have to give this presentation, kind of like doing the dishes, and no one really wants to get better at that. So wherever I start the conversation on communication, it begins with a question, and the question is a lot more empowering. How would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? Really spend the time to reflect on that question, because that's what gets us excited to even begin trying to master communication. Why? Because we dream about expensive vacations. We dream about the expensive things we want to buy. When was the last time we dreamed about our communication? <laughs> and for all of us, right? For all of us, communication is so much more than getting a job. It's the way we talk to our family. It's the way that we order food at a restaurant. It's the way that we travel and meet strangers. It's every moment of our life. And when we realize that communication is about leading a more fulfilling life, that's when we start to take it more seriously. Yeah, and I just want to just build off of your previous answer. Like, what are some like certain like steps or tips that like you would recommend for us to really get started with that? Because like you said, like we don't dream about being a great communicator. That's just not stuff that's thought in our head, you know, unlike, you know, going to the dream vacation and going to stuff. So what is like the first steps that you would recommend or some like quick tips to help us start working on our everyday communication? Absolutely, Josh. So I call this my easy threes. What are the three easiest things that we can practice on a daily basis to make ourselves great communicators? Because at the end of the day, Josh, communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. Like one of them's eye contact, one of them's smiling, one of them's body language. Like what you're doing so well is you're smiling and you're nodding your head. You're already, you're like juggling so many great balls at the same time. <laughs> you're doing great with that. You'd be surprised how little people do that. And the way that we practice this is by mastering one ball at a time. So let's dive into all three, but I'll pause after each one so I don't monologue for 10 minutes here. So let's start with the first one, <laughs> which is the random word exercise. Pick a word like squirrel, lights, camera, action, lightning, and create random presentations out of thin air with no preparation. Why is this exercise relevant? Because if you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. And that's really the secret behind the random word exercise is you just do it a lot and it makes you more resilient as a speaker. And that's exercise one. Okay, I got you, Brendan. That's really cool. So it's pretty much just like picking like a random word and then let's just like ramble and just like let's just make a story out of nothing. That's really cool. Um, so I know you mentioned the first one. What are the other two? Absolutely. So the second one is the question drill. We get asked questions all the time in our lives, Josh. On a podcast, at work, at school, all the time. But a lot of us are reactive to those questions, not proactive. We wait for the question to come, and then we answer it. Not the right approach. I'll tell you a quick story. When I started guessing on podcasts, probably a few years ago, where I, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> when I, I didn't even know I had to get a mic and, and, and actually speak correctly. Some guy asked me the funniest question. He said, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at the guy and I said, I don't know, man, Los Angeles, San Diego, you tell me. I have no idea. So because I wasn't prepared for the question, I answered it wrong. So what did I do instead? And this is something anyone can do. Every day, Josh, for five minutes, that's it, five minutes, write down and answer one question about your expertise. So every day for five minutes, that's it. I would answer one question about communication. Where does the fear of communication come from? 
any any tips for introverts uh, what can what are three exercises people can do every day every single day answered one question but if you do that for a year josh you'll have answered 365 questions about your expertise you'll be bulletproof in no time Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain. It's free. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. Wow, that's really cool. And like you said, it's really just a simple five-minute everyday habit that you can get yourself into because we all have moments and blocks throughout the day where we're just sitting and doing nothing like we're watching TikTok or we're on like YouTube like during one of those moments just like you said just ask yourself a a quick little five-minute question and answer to it and like you said that everyday habit gets built and built and built and then here you go now you're able to answer a lot of questions so I know you mentioned two so far how about the third and final one Absolutely, man. So the third piece is so simple, Josh, that nobody does it. All you got to do is make a list of five people that you love the most in your life. Could be your mom, your brother, your sister, your niece, your nephew, your cousins, clients, people you've had on the show, really anybody. And you make a list of those people and you look at that list and you ask yourself a very important question, everyone. When was the last time I sent these people, not a 20-minute, not a 20-hour, but a 20-second video message just telling them how much I appreciate having them in my life. And the answer when we look at the list, Josh, is a big fat zero (laughs) because a lot of us don't really think to do that. I would encourage you to do that. I think it's way more powerful than, than handwritten cards because you can feel the emotion of the person. And nobody receives them. And it doesn't take a long time. And it doesn't need to be perfect. So I would encourage you to just send a few video messages. A lot of people ask me, oh, how do I post on social media? Forget about social media. Start with the people around you and build your way up from there. Yeah, I I definitely agree. And that's that's a great piece of advice. All three have been great, especially with the last one, because with anything, you know, like you got to start with like, yourself, you know, building that self-confidence. And what's a great way to build your self-confidence is to test it out on the people that you trust because they'll give you good feedback and then that can really help you build trust. And then then you become more comfortable doing it in front of other people. But it all starts with yourself and the people, the people close to you. So sending that 20-second video of just saying, hey, I appreciate you, I care about you, just get to the point. Because that's another thing too, like with trends, Videos are getting shorter and shorter and shorter, you know, because the attention span is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. But Brennan, I've really appreciated our conversation so far. I really liked you gave some great advice on communication and being so open to share your journey a little bit. I know you mentioned a little bit in your in as you're giving advice about like relationships, and I think this is a really cool transition. 
Um, relationships are a big part of our lives, you know, whether that's with friends, family, loved ones. What are some qualities that you really look for in like a friendship and even like a romantic friendship? So there's a couple of great points we can talk about here. So let's list out a couple. I would say the first one is understanding how much leverage you actually have and the people you get to choose around you. What do I mean by this? A lot of question like that people have in their mind, Josh, is how do I get everyone to like me? How do I how do I get everyone to to really be friends with me? And I think that's the wrong question. I'll explain why. Not the question you asked me, but just the question that people have in their mind in general. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain why. Let's say we meet one new person every day. Mm-hmm. Okay, one new person. Let's say every few days to keep it simple, because most people don't meet somebody new every day, right? And you do that for a year. 365 days in a year, let's say you meet 100 people, give or take, in a year, which is not what most people do. Does that make sense so far? 100 people. Okay. And let's say we live 50 more years than their age we're at currently. So let's say me and you are 25, just to keep the example simple, and we live 50 more years until 75. Not to make this a math exam, but if you multiply 50 years by 100 people a year, you only get to meet 5,000 people. Where am I going with this analogy, Josh? I'm going with the following. A lot of us are trying to get everyone to like us, and that's the wrong analogy. The right analogy is rather, who do I want those 5,000 people to be? If I only get to meet 5,000 people in a sea of 7.8 billion, not million, billion people, Who do I want those 5,000 people to be? What does that mean? That means in life, we're allowed to be picky about who we can surround ourselves with. Because there's a lot of people out there. You just need to be willing to meet more people. That's one piece. The other piece that's important is how do you build effective relationships with the people around you? I would say for me, there's a lot of qualities I look for. And those qualities could be different for all of us. Obviously, positive attitude, growth mindset. We're on the same energetic wavelength that you can't really predict yeah. until you actually talk. Like, I feel mm-hmm. me and you have that same energy, but that's not something we can, like, predict. We just yeah. have it. It's just the same <laughs> energy. So so what I would say, basically, is be wise about who you pick. And then the third example I would give that really helps you with relationships is a specific boundary setting. I feel a lot of people don't do this right. We can have an extended conversation on this if you'd like. A lot of people would say something like, hey, Josh, I need more alone time. That's the wrong. It's not specific. Versus going, hey, Josh, I, I need to spend forty the first 45 minutes of every morning reading a book because it really helps me calm myself down and makes me happier throughout the day. Could you help me achieve this boundary that I have for myself, this goal? And it makes it easier for your friends and family to help you. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with that, um, especially that the last part, because especially when it comes to boundary setting, this is something where for myself, I've definitely had to learn a lot of that, especially I went into therapy. My therapist actually points out a lot of same stuff as you, Brendan. So I'm going to give you a little shout out. You might have some, psych- you might have some psychology in you, Brendan. Um, but um, yeah, like if you really think about it, like if we get a little bit more specific and like, yeah, like I need alone time. But what do you what do you mean by like alone time, you know? And especially like you said, like if you do it with the people that you want to surround yourself with. That's that's how you're able to work on yourself and grow with yourself, if you get what I'm saying. So it's like it's like similar to like what you just said, you know, like I need like alone time. So for me, like when I get home from home for work, I need an hour to just like wind down. So during the hour, 
I usually will like meditate for a little bit or I will like just listen to like a couple TV shows. I just need an hour to just like just reset and just breathe. And that's something where I've learned to communicate over time. I communicate that with my girlfriend and some of my friends. And now they're better able to understand like, okay, like when he comes off of work, let me give him an hour. It's not, I'm not going to take it personally. It's just, he needs just alone time for an hour. So that's just an example to highlight what you've been saying, Brendan, like, I completely agree for you. Do you have any moments for you where you had to learn like boundary setting and stuff like that too? Oh yeah. I mean, I used to be terrible at this one because I had a very short temper that I got from my dad Mm -hmm. that I trained out over this. I still have some of that temper, but it's a lot more controlled right than it used to be where I would lash out for reasons that weren't appropriate. So that's one piece is a lot of that aggression. Now my aggression is used in the right way, but before it was used in the wrong way. That's one piece. I'd say the other piece is I'm a giver like you. I always like to say yes to everything, like over and over. And if you say yes to too many things, especially the wrong things, it could really exhaust you out of your energy. Like, for example, the reason I love saying yes to these conversations, because it energizes me. I'm an extrovert. I love talking to people. But for other people who might be doing too many podcasts, as an example, it might not be right for them because they're more intro. Maybe they should do five shows a week. So I think I think the key is you got to figure out who you are and then set those boundaries more effectively. Here's another piece that I'll add to boundaries that I think will add a lot of value to the people on your show. Here's what people miss about boundaries, Josh. A couple of things. One, it doesn't need to be aggressive. You don't need to start with the hard boundary. Hey, Josh, you can only talk to me for 30 minutes a week or something like super crazy. <laughs> like, So let's start something easy. Hey, Josh, let's say we, we, we're buddies. We live in the same city. And I was like, hey, man, I, I just like eating pistachios every week. Like something stupid, simple. And you buy me pistachios. It's like $2. I'll be like, my God, this guy's <laughs> awesome. So we can start with easy boundaries. You don't want to get mm-hmm. to hard shit. Like start mm-hmm. with easy stuff. Yeah. And I don't remember who I got this from. I know I didn't invent it. But it's basically if you can't over- argue over the small things, you can never argue over the big things in life. Mm-hmm. So you need to start with the small things. The second step is celebrating this is a big miss where it's like if somebody respects your boundary most people just go well yeah i expected you to (laughs) versus going hey you respected my boundary i really appreciate it and then the third piece and this is also a big miss what's one boundary i can i can abide by from you they don't reciprocate the boundary hey you helped me with one boundary you you bought me pistachios josh what can i do for you do you like uh Dark chocolate, some some other <laughs> shit. I don't know. So there's yeah. no reciprocation in the boundary. Let me give you a crazy example of my personal life. My mom does so much for me because we live together. She's mm-hmm. the best. She does my laundry. She cooks and cleans for me. Obviously, I pay all the bills. So there's a, there's a reciprocal nature there. But she does a lot for me. And there's one request she asks me every year that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't think it makes any sense. I think it's completely nonsensical. But I do it anyways. And it's one day a year where I have to be vegetarian. It's like a it's like a an holiday where if your dad passed away, if he's not alive, you have I to guess. be vegetarian. And I hate vegetarian food. I just can't do it. But I do it because she asked me to do it, and it doesn't cost me a lot out of my life because I care. Because if she's respecting my boundary, I'm going to reciprocate in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, Brendan, and I completely agree with especially the last two parts that you were saying. And also, thank you for being open to share with your mom as well. And hey, man, I, I bet she probably makes some banging vegetarian food that, that one day. So it, it all works out. It all works out. But yeah, it's just like when you when you set a boundary, like celebrating it is important. I There's like a saying a lot of 
people it's like well that's just a normal that's what i'm expected like no like you're setting a boundary like let's let's celebrate like hey thank you for following my boundary now is there something that a boundary that you have that that needs to be reciprocated because especially in a relationship it's two people you know so you got to be able to reciprocate the same energy that you're putting out so brennan i completely agree and i definitely think those two parts are definitely missed out a lot and usually you have relationships where there's one person that sets all the boundaries and then the other person sort of just like doing no boundaries and all over the place, you know? So it's like give and take, setting boundaries for both parties and also rewarding each other that when you guys do respect the boundaries is important. Not just when you violate a boundary, but the other way as well. So you got to be able to reciprocate the energy. I mean, 1000% brother. Absolutely. Definitely. And Brennan, I will say overall, I've really appreciated your insight and just you're very intelligent when it comes to understanding communication. I can definitely tell you've done business school and you've done a lot of like great talks. It's been great. It's been a great conversation so far. Um, but just transitioning a little bit, just for like a side question, because um, I know you've done master talk now for a couple years. Is there what, the, what are like the next steps for you? You know, is there anything big that's in the horizon for you that you're ex- ready to ready to take on the next challenge? Absolutely, Josh. And and it takes it takes a great student to be a great teacher. And I think you're just as good as me at communication. You're just a bit too humble, just based on the way you're listening to me, because I definitely <laughs> rambled a lot too much on this pod. So I appreciate it. man. <laughs> so here's what I would say. I would say what's next for me is I've really been focused on master. I think this is really my legacy. But now the focus becomes, how do I make it bigger? Mm-hmm. So now the YouTube channel has done really well, which I'm super grateful for. And now it's about how do you scale this into the six-figure level? Yeah. How do you scale the business more so that I can really create all of the energy, all of the income, all of the success that I'm having and reciprocate it more yeah. so I can serve the world in a bigger way? So the game for me is scale. And my end game right, is really mm-hmm. to empower every genius in, their, in our society, even if they can't afford me. Mm-hmm. Right? I think the next Elon Musk is a seven-year-old girl <laughs> who probably can't afford a communication coach. Yeah. And that's why my focus is always, how do I live in a world where Master gets 25 million subscribers? Not just for me, of course, some of it might be ego, but I think the bigger part of that conversation is if you have that number, people will know who you are and the people who need to know who you are, most importantly, will be able to access you and know you even exist, that these resources even exist too. And I think that's the most beautiful part about what I do. Definitely. And very similar to like your master talk, that's sort of like, Part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is sort of just like providing a platform where anyone that is listening can learn something new. You know, like my conversation with you today really is focused on communication based, which has been great. A couple interviews I've interviewed people that focus more on like trauma and like, you know, like experiencing like cancer and overcoming it. You know, so it's like everyone brings a unique perspective. So as I was hearing you describe, I'm like, yeah, I could definitely, like you said, just the same energy, the same vibe and I and continue the great work that you are doing and like you like like I always tell everybody, you know, it's it's a day to day journey. You know, you, you can't just wake up and you have a bunch of followers. It just it builds over time. So just staying consistent, creating videos, you know, connecting with people. Like you said, we meet five thousand people. One of those five thousand can be a great influencer. You never know. You know, it's crazy how things can change. So just continue to add, and and you have and if you have the right intentions, you're going to continue the great work so keep up the great work brennan i just wanted to i was curious to see like what's what are the next steps for for master talk and stuff so
everyone. This episode is brought to you by Podcash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcash gave away over $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running, but with Podcash, it's a great way to get cash, and best of all, it's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, go to podcast.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcast.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-H.com. I hope to see your future podcast. The last part of our conversation, I've really enjoyed um, just discussing you about like your journey and relationships in general. This podcast, I do like that a little astrology element to it. And uh, how I usually start off is just, have you ever heard about astrology? Like, how do you feel about astrology overall? I mean, I've definitely heard about it. There's there's a lot in my culture around this astrology. I'm not super well versed in it, but definitely open minded to learning new ideas, especially from you. So so let, let's hear it, man. Let's let's jump in. Yeah, so the first website that I always recommend is uh, to Google your sun and moon, and uh, this is a website called thehoroscope.co, and it's a bunch of women. They teamed up, and they do little readings based off of your what your sun and moon sign is. So as I give you your reading, so there's positives, negatives, perfect partner, and advice. So just let me know how you feel about it. Yeah, jump in. I got you. So for you, Brendan, you are a Taurus sun, Libra moon, and it says a flexible personality. Very social but sensitive, the Taurus Sun Libra Moon personality puts on a puts a big price on the perceptions of others. Positives for your Sun and Moon combination: reliable, precise, and friendly. Negatives can be a little bit compulsive at times and fearful. Perfect partner, someone who will take care but also surprise them. And word of advice: they should not see confrontation as the worst thing in the world. So as I give you your positives, negatives, perfect partner, and advice, what are some thoughts that come to mind? I love it, man. I, I think it's 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 always great to learn from different sources of information, and I definitely agree with the point that I'm I'm pretty flexible and I'm pretty social, though though at times maybe when when a vibe isn't as great as I thought it would have been, I might be a little sensitive towards that too. So so I think a lot of it resonates for sure. Yeah, and and just to just to share a little bit, because for you, the fact that you have your sun and moon in uh, its Libra energy, so Libra, Taurus and Libras, they rule under Venus, and Venus is like the planet of like love and balance, harmony. So it's like you, you're the fact that you have your sun and moon there, like you really just want like that balance aspect, you know, because Libras they have like the balance scale, so it's like. You need to have like a good balance in your life when it comes to relationships, family, work, career, all that stuff. Um, but I was looking at your chart and there's actually some and, and we'll wrap up once I'm done this little like description. I know in your first answer, you mentioned how like you struggled with communication at a young age, you know, and really just you really had to learn how to communicate effectively. And now you've learned so much that you be, you've become like a really great communicator. So you actually have a couple parts in your chart that are in your third house. So your moon is how you process things emotionally. Your north node, so your north node is, so you have two nodes. Your south node is mistakes that your past lifetime made. And your north node is what you're supposed to learn in this lifetime that your past lifetimes did not. 
And then also your Chiron. So Chiron is the wounded healer. So we all have like core wounds about ourselves that we need to learn to overcome. It's just challenges that we're going to face. So you have all three of these energies in your third house. And guess what your third house is? Your third house is the, the planet or the house of communication. So it's all about how you handle communication, intellect, like daily routines, short term routines. So as I was looking at your chart and I, as I was hearing you describe like your journey, I can definitely see how Chiron, your north node and your emotion, like your, your moon, your emotions are all into this aspect of communicating. And with that presented a lot of challenges. But for you, like with challenges, once you're able to embrace them, then you're able to grow and evolve as a new person, you know, because we all have challenges in our chart. Like for me, my stuff's all about like community and friends. Uh, That's a whole other topic. But just to share, like that was something that I wanted to highlight in your chart. And just let me know how you feel about it when it comes to like those like wounds and all those energies being in that house for you for in like the house of communication, pretty much and intellect and how you present yourself to people a little bit away. Oh, it's all about communication. So how do you feel? I love it? it. I love that, man. I, th- I think it's really interesting that all of them are in the house of communication. I mean, it, it definitely centers around, you know, the theme of who I am and what I do. And especially with all of them in that third house, it really gets me thinking about, like, I do think about every little nuance of communication, like everything down to like the way we're talking right now, to the way that I talk to my mom after, to the way that I just have conversations in general. So, so I think it's really cool, man. Yeah. And, and just to wrap up all of the like astrology talk. Uh, so I, I always like to bring up a little challenge and then a positive. So for you, um, this is a re- this is usually good. Like a lot of like celebrities and people that become well known end up having their sun sign in the 10th house. So the 10th house is all about like career and like uh, pretty much like your life purpose, pretty much. And people that have the sun in the 10th house. Um, you really have a motivation, like, and you described in your last a- like answer, to really bring up change and to provide a platform where anyone can access your content. So that way, you can part of it, you know, is a little bit for ego, but it's really to help like the common good and to put yourself out there. And that's where the sun in the tenth house comes in, where it's like because you're a Taurus, so Tauruses are very grounded, loving, kind. So it's like in your tenth house that definitely explains why, like. Not only do you want to be a little bit well-known doing this, you know, but also like providing like a service where or providing a platform where people can access the information and learn stuff. So how do you feel about that a little bit, too? So that's a really good, big positive. So I did I did I checked out your chart and I did a little reading on it and it said people that have the sun in the 10 house, they usually end up becoming very successful and well-known. So it seems like you're on the right path. <laughs> hey man if you're saying on the right path i probably am since you're the astrology master so i'll take it man i'll take it of course uh brendan i really appreciate our conversation it's been great even the astrology talk at the end uh, it's been a really great conversation where can everybody check out your work and all that fun stuff absolutely man it's such a pleasure to be on so thanks for having me and thanks thanks for taking the the time and the effort to to do that for me as well i really appreciate it man so yeah, two ways to keep in touch. The first one is the YouTube channel. Just go to Master Talk in one word, and you'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas effectively. And number two is attend my free training. I do a free training on Zoom every three weeks on communication. It's super fun. It's live. It's interactive. It's not some boring webinar. And I facilitate the call. So if you want to attend that, it's rockstarcommunicator.com. 
cool. And I'll make sure to put all the links in the show description, Brendan, so that way you guys can check out all Brendan's work, his YouTube channel, and all that fun stuff. Well, Brendan, I will say it's been an honor, and please stay safe over there in Toronto and keep up the great work with Master Talk. Absolutely, Josh. Thanks so much, man.